Hi, y'all. My name is Kennedy Tippins. Welcome back to my 12th episode of my podcast, Rooted. I am so grateful to have y'all here today. Today is going to be a little bit different. It's going to be kind of a testimonial episode, and I am just so excited to share my testimony, where I came from, where I'm at now, everything I'm doing in my life today. I definitely was not always this close to Jesus, and I am so excited to share with y'all my walk with the Lord and where I started out. And with that being said, let's get on into it. So the people that know me in person know a lot of these stories, but I never really get tired of telling them. I actually have a lot of medical issues that no one really knows about because I am so active in my everyday life and so uh, just kind of all of my medical problems are internal, which I am so thankful for because I have the choice to choose to tell people about my quote-unquote disability. It's not really a disability. And that is a severe blessing because I know that a lot of people can't really hide their medical problems. And I'm able to share with who I would like to and keep what I would like to myself. And I normally do a lot more sharing than I do keeping it to myself. But we're going to start at the very beginning. I was diagnosed before I was born with situs inversus and dextiocardia. I know that that is a lot of words. So essentially, all of my organs are flipped over and my heart is backwards. And so my heart is on the other side. I'll go ahead and answer the question that everyone's thinking. Yes, I hold my hand over my right heart during the Pledge of Allegiance. Always have, always will. That is the number one question I get from everyone that is like, their main priority is like you tell someone that your heart's on the other side, how do you do the Pledge of Allegiance? That's how I do it. And I have had, I think, three pacemaker surgeries. I've had open heart surgery. I've had surgery for a diaphragmatic hernia. I've had tons and tons of surgeries. When I was diagnosed, the doctors told my parents that there was a slim chance that I would survive. And uh, I'm so thankful that my parents did not give up on me and they uh, didn't take the doctor's words. They knew that God had the final say. And they kept a uh, like an online journal book for the people that wanted to pray for me and get updates on me. And after weeks of being disappointed and disappointed and disappointed again, after again, after again, after again, I want to read to you one of their journal entries that is really inspiring because to be told that your baby's not going to make it months before I'm even born, I just think that that is so devastating to be told that and I can't even imagine how my parents were feeling but I want to read to you one of the entries that they put April 27th 2004 so this is a few months before I was born and uh, my dad wrote in this journal entry and he said allow me to start by quoting the doctor when trying to explain Kennedy's progress up until this point you guys must be doing a lot of praying. To be honest, I didn't expect you to make it this far. 
especially doing as well as she is. Those words right there, the fact that the doctor solidified the fact that there was no reason that I should be doing as well as I was is enough to give me the faith and miracles that everyone asked me about. You know, the argument that's like, well, do you even believe in miracles? How could I not believe in miracles? I am a miracle and I have felt it since day one. I felt the Lord and the life he breathed into me. And I just think that it was so incredible the way that I had a pacemaker put into my body day one I was born. And if you don't know what a pacemaker is, it's basically like, imagine a metal bar of soap that uh, shocks your heart and keeps your heart going. Kind of like Iron Man, like you know how he has like that arc reactor like in his chest. I have one of those and it's in my chest. It's just like not in the middle and it doesn't glow and it's not like sticking out of me, but it's definitely there. I have wires inside of me and I had open heart surgery. I think it was at eight months old, the February after I was born and I was born in June. So I'll let you do the math on that. But that was where I started. And I am happy to say that I'm happy and healthy and have a very normal life. And I have never really allowed my heart issues to get in the way of anything that I wanted to do. And I have grown up playing sports, being active. I take my kids to the trampoline park. I do all of these things without any consequences of my heart. And just like how in Philippians 4, 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer with thanksgiving, present your request to God. I was a request to God and here I am speaking to you right now, wherever you're at. And let that be a testimony to your faith. It is for sure a testimony to my faith. The miracles do exist. And I think that it's really hard for us to understand when we have lost people and we've asked for miracles in our own life. And it's really hard to understand why when we don't get them. And just as much as I'm sitting here talking to you now, I also witnessed cancer take my papa away a few months ago. And so I have asked for miracles and I've got them and I've asked for miracles and I haven't got them. I will never understand why until I'm able to ask God face to face. But I'm here to tell you that let's focus on the good and rejoice in it. And that is what this whole God thing is about, to be happy, to rejoice in the name of Jesus Christ who walked this earth. I'm telling you that he is real. He has done miracles in my life. I'm going to tell you a story of a miracle that I witnessed just last year in the summer of 2022. I broke my foot and I'm going to put an Instagram poll out probably tomorrow and let y'all decide if y'all want to see the video. I think I already know how it's going to go, but I was at a church camp and I was staffing it. And there was this slide that we built. Well, we didn't build it. My old youth pastor built it. And uh, it was down some steps. And it was very steep. And it was like that slick wood. So it was a wooden like plank. It was pretty thick. It was probably like three feet wide. And it was very slick wood. And 
uh, someone, they needed a brave soul to test it out. So obviously I volunteered my friend to go first, but then I went because she was fine. I was like, okay, yeah, like that's great. Let me go. And I full sent it down the slide. Okay. Slick on slick. And I slid and I hit the carpet with my toe and my foot bent and my entire body weight crushed my foot. I ended up breaking my foot. I broke three toes and I dislocated my ankle. They accidentally reset my ankle right after that happened while trying to move my foot and I cussed out like everyone in the room. So really sorry to everyone that was there if you're listening to this. That was the devil in me speaking out out of pain, which is not of the Lord and I apologize, but they already know I'm sorry. And first of all, all you people that's like, oh my gosh, you cussed out the church staff. You would have done it too if you would have felt that pain. So I don't want to hear it from any of you. But anyways, so spent the whole night in the hospital with one of my really good friends, Besa, and one of my second mothers in this life, Miss Annalise. I love her to death. We spent the night in the ER. And after they drugged me up in the ER, I was like fine, you know, like I was cracking jokes. I was making TikToks. Miss Annalise was like asleep uh, across the hall. But me and Besa, we were partying, you know, like what a fun story to tell. And so uh, then it started to not become fun at around 4 a.m., we are just now being moved to a room. We had sat in the waiting room for almost four hours. They x-rayed my foot twice because the first time they accidentally x-rayed my knee and they put this little makeshift cast on me. They didn't even take that off. So it obviously didn't get what it was supposed to get. They put me in the biggest boot you could possibly think of. Like A football player, like a grown man, could probably fit in this. My cousin's in the NFL. He could have probably fit in the boot that he that they put on me. And I'm like not being dramatic. Maybe I should just post pictures of all this. Y'all let me know if y'all want pictures of all this, and I'll post it on my Instagram at the pod rooted. Please go follow. So basically, I go home for a little bit. My dad comes to pick me up and like two hours later, I realized I was not going to be able to go back to sleep. So I did what any logical person did. And I went back to camp the next day. And uh, my foot really hurt. It was like purple. But you know what? I was in it for the long run. So I came home, went to a bunch of doctor's appointments. I was with my friend Megan. She's an athletic trainer. And she had kind of been with me through this whole thing that she had come to see me at the church camp I was at the day after I got out of the hospital and like messed with it and stuff and uh, took a bunch of pictures of it like a weirdo but she wanted to show her athletic trainer buddies or whatever so I guess I'll let her off the hook this time because I am kind of a mystery but basically she (laughs) she went with me to a few doctor's appointments you know like she kind of knows what she's talking about and so then I was going to another camp like a few weeks after this. And I was like kind of dreading it because this camp is in the middle of Alabama, in the middle of the woods. It was July. And so it was hot. I was in a boot. They gave me a new boot because I was like, I cannot walk around in this. They also gave me a handicap pass, which is how you know it's bad because my friend had ACL surgery and she did not even get a handicap pass. So I knew it was bad. So I go to camp. 
my foot is hurting so bad on the way there. And like walking around with a boot, you accidentally kick it on everything because it's so huge. And so I was there, you know, everyone wants to see the video. I got a million nicknames, Peg, Peggy, Peg Leg. They gave me this little scooter and they called me Wheels. Uh, And normally I would be eating this up, you know, because I was always someone that really liked being in the spotlight and the attention. I was mortified. I was mortified because I was so embarrassed because I was mad because I couldn't help at the camp. Like I was literally, I wasn't useless, but I felt extremely useless. And you're walking around in the woods to get places and I couldn't walk around. I couldn't play games. I couldn't, for the first time ever in my life, I was trying to learn how to lead from the bench. I've never been someone that has been leading behind the scenes. I've always been up front and center. And me and the Lord had a really quite literal come to Jesus moment. And I remember being like, God, I know you can heal me. So like, what is the holdup here? Because I want to run around and play and I want to lead and I'm at church camp and I could be doing so much more than what I'm doing right now. And you're not letting me like I was angry. And basically, God straight up, you know, like me and him, we had a full blown conversation. And he said, Kennedy, your pride is so far in the way of your actual eyesight of what's going on. And to give you an insider's look about what that looked like, I hate letting people help me physically. The people that would get the door for me, like the people that would do all that stuff. I was so uncomfortable because I've been raised to be this strong, independent woman. And the fact that I had to rely on other people to get me places and I was just wanted to crawl inside my skin and just die. Like I, I just couldn't do it. And I also refused to use the scooter that they gave me because I was embarrassed. And so my foot was hurting because I was walking everywhere because I wouldn't use the scooter. There was, this was not my best moment for sure, but there was one incident where I was walking to karaoke night and this was still part of the staff retreat. So the kids aren't even there yet. And I was with my friend and I was talking to her and I wasn't at all trying to complain. But I remember I said to her, I was like, you know, this is a really far walk to this thing. And I I was not trying to complain. I was just stating that it was a far walk to let her know that I was struggling, which is already a stretch for me because she was the only one that I would be honest with that I was hurting and struggling and stuff. And I was also on hardcore pain meds. So I was kind of crazy. But anyways, and before she could even say anything, I didn't know, but there was a boy behind us. And he was like, you know, you've had people offer to carry you. And uh, the devil got a hold of my tongue very quickly. I will say that. And I turned around and I was like, okay, so if you broke your foot, you're telling me you would let someone carry you. And he was like, I'm a 250 pound man, like no one's going to carry me. And I was like, well, I'm a, uh, I'm a 120 pound woman who has the ego of a 250 pound man. You're not carrying me to karaoke, not happening. And then he got embarrassed and I shouldn't have said that. So I, I apologize later, but I remember being like, 
back off. Like, no, you're not carrying me. I'm already humiliated enough that I can't even walk there. You definitely not carrying me, not happening. I would rather drown in the lake than let you carry me. Anyways, but I was struggling. And so when God told me, your pride is blinding your view from what I want to teach you. And I was like, okay. So slowly in the week, I started actually taking my medicine. I started scootering around. I started figuring out how to lead from the bench. And I'm not going to lie, it was a really hard camp, but I was getting through, you know, and I was trying to be helpful in all the ways that I knew how. And I slowly just started to be and just accept the fact that I was in this boot and that I needed help and that I couldn't just rely on the fact that God was instantly going to heal me because I realized that it wasn't the destination that God wanted me to get to because yes, he wanted me to be healed and be well and running around and leading from up front, but he wanted to teach me more in the journey of it all. And so I remember every single evening session, they would be like two and a half hours long. So I would sit in the back on the floor and I would take my boot off because that boot was so stupid and like I was hot. And so I would take it off and just let my foot rest and I would ice it and stuff. And I was sitting there worshiping and I didn't take my boot off that night. I just left it on and I sat on the ground and I heard a little whisper. And it was something like, Kennedy, ask me again. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I kind of ignored it the first time because it was so, something about God is he's never going to yell at you to get him to hear you. He's a very monotone God, I feel like. He's very much like, Kennedy, I want you to ask me again. So I was like, okay, well, I can't ignore it twice. So I was like, God, I understand that my pride was in the way and I'm accepting help right now. But if your will be done, I would really like to be healed. And so I didn't even check. I didn't even check my foot after the prayer. I just remember that I didn't have any pain that day anyways, because I had actually been taking my medicine and not on it. I was on my scooter and I went to karaoke that night and it was all just perfectly fine. I scootered over there and that night I went to my room where my friend was and I had another friend there and uh, one of them had like a borderline concussion. So she had an ice pack over her face, but the other one I was like talking to, she was sitting on her bed and she and I took my boot off and I looked down and I was like no way and my friend Branch was like what 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 and I was like look I took my foot out of my boot and I stood on it on one foot I was just on the foot that was broken not even three weeks ago like it hadn't even been a full month in between the time that I broke it and the time that I was standing on it and I remember I looked at her and I had tears in my eyes and she said, is that the broken foot? Like, no, I'm just going to show you that I can stand perfectly fine on my one normal foot. Like, duh, it's the broken foot. Well, this also sounds super weird, but I promise it's not like that. I had taken a picture that night 
before main session of what my foot looked like because it was super purple and I wanted to show my friend Megan. And I took a picture not even four hours later and the amount of swelling that went down and my foot had color again that wasn't purple and blue and black and yellow and it looked so insanely different and I peeked my head out the my door it's kind of a motel styled camp so like there was a hallway of other rooms and Megan was walking down the road she was walking down the hallway and I was like Megan and I walked out And I walked out so normally that it didn't even register to her what was happening until I mentioned it. She was like, nah. So then she started crying. And then my other friend Jordan came. I was like, Jordan, look at this. And I stood on it. I walked on it. They were like, what? And staff meeting the next morning, I told everyone I was so excited. I had been healed. And someone, it was probably my dad. He was like, well, you need to stay in your boot. Like just until we solidify the fact that it is healed. And that was going to have to happen anyways, because I did not bring a single left shoe to camp. I was so confident that I was going to be in the boot the entire time that all I had was right shoes. So I stayed in the boot and I remember being dumbfounded at the fact that it was healed right in front of my eyes. And I remember just feeling crazy and coming home and telling everyone, telling, calling up Besa and telling Miss Annalise and telling the youth pastor that was there when I, when I broke it and I wanted to tell everyone. And that's what testimonies are. Testimonies are starting off somewhere in hurt of the world in pain and suffering and being miraculously brought out into the light in Jesus name. And guess what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to go tell people I wasn't supposed to be on this earth right now. And I defied the doctor's predictions with the power of the most high God, Jesus Christ in heaven. And I'm telling y'all right now that you have that power. I have that power. Jesus told the disciples when he was on this earth that we all have that power, the power of God in heaven. So go out and go use it. I hope that you have an amazing week. Please be praying for me this week. I am headed to the winter version of the summer camp I was at that I was just telling that story. I know it's going to be an amazing time. I love you all. I hope you have an amazing week. Please reach out to me. Share your testimonies. I want to hear them. I'm probably going to be doing these testimonial type podcasts just to kind of share the good works of God because I know that this podcast isn't always super fun and fine and dandy and uplifting to listen to, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't do amazing works. There are a lot of really hard pills to swallow, but at the end of the day, at the end of the hard pills, the joy is going to come in the morning. And I'm telling you right now, today is the morning. This is the joy of the Lord. I hope you have it. I hope you're filled with it. I pray in Jesus' name. Go in peace. I love you all.